Welcome in to another episode of the Bet the Nerds Fantasy Show. Um, we got all the matchups on the docket for today. No Thursday night game, which sucks, but we did get a Tuesday night game last week, so that will kind of make up for that. Um, we'll have our start of the weeks as well, but let's get right into the news. Le'Veon Bell was released from the New York Jets, and let's just start by predicting where we think he's going to go. A few options that I've seen, um, the Kansas City Chiefs maybe returning to the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an option. What do you think about this? Well, it seems the days of Le'Veon Bell being a workhorse running back are probably over because there's a lot of teams that he can go to, but none of them are going to be an opportunity for him to like get three down work. Like most teams have their guy. Um, I've seen some reports that he'll go back to Pittsburgh. I don't see that, that relationship being set, like worked out. Um, I, I honestly have no idea. I think San Francisco would be interesting for sure, but I'm not sure that happens. Maybe the Rams, if that's a scheme fit. I haven't really looked into it that much. But I think he's going to want to go to a contender. And the question is, which contender is going to want to deal with the potential headache of Le'Veon Bell? Yeah. Um, Melvin Gordon was arrested for a DUI and will be arraigned in court on November 13th. He was reportedly going 25 miles per hour over the speed limit, which is, the, which is a criminal offense. And Vic Fangio said that as of now – there's going to be some punishment. He hasn't said that Melvin Gordon will miss this week, but I would prepare to not have Melvin Gordon this week against New England. Is that where you're at with this too? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't mess with the law. So I think if, <laughs> if that's a potential scenario, then definitely at least have a contingency plan if he doesn't play and understand that even if he does play, he could have an in-game punishment of like missing the first half or, or something like that. So just definitely if you, if you have Melvin Gordon, which I don't think many of our viewers did because we were pretty pretty often this year, but definitely follow the news closely. Devontae Adams is full participant in practice. Um, yeah, Devontae Adams is ready to go after pre- being basically healthy before their bye week. So all you guys who picked him in the first round will get him now. Drew Locke is headed in the right direction. He should play against New England this week, but I'm still firing up that New England defense because Locke might not be 100%, and I think he'll be forcing some stuff on the way back. Let's get right into the matchups. First matchup, Texans at Titans in Tennessee. Uh, Titans are coming off of a huge win against Buffalo, and after and they they're going to get a full week of practice in. Three point five or three and a half point favorites. Titans are in a fifty three point over under. Do you think this line is kind of small? Like Titans, I feel like should be favored by a little bit more. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm always cautious to overreact to just one game, but the Titans. I mean, before they're 4-0. Beating, they're 4-0. But before beating Buffalo, they had a close win against Jacksonville, a close win against – like a last-second win against Denver. They had – I forget who else they beat. But it wasn't, it wasn't that impressive, to be honest. And while this win was great, it was a Tuesday, maybe kind of fluky. So I think the line is still a little bit low. I think Tennessee should win this game by at least four to six points. But I don't think it's as egregious as, as some might think. Yeah, so let's get into the players for fantasy. Uh, on the Titans side, Ryan Tannehill is my start of the week. So just looking at Ryan, Ryan Tannehill's stats since he's become a Titan, he's thrown 31 touchdowns and six picks. If you looked at my or my uh, DFS bargain play article, will be going up in a bit today. Um, 
Ryan Tannehill's on that too. So I think that Tannehill's a great option and he will be in a lot of my lineups in DraftKings and he's my start of the week for sure. Derrick Henry, this is, this is the game. Houston run defense is awful. Um, and I think like this is the week we see Derrick Henry have his two touchdowns. I mean, he had two touchdowns last week, but his two touchdown, maybe a hundred yards game. Like, I don't know. Derrick Henry has been kind of disappointing for fantasy owners who took him really early. Um, AJ Brown looked great, but he gets Bradley Roby who just shut down DJ Chark. Are we playing AJ Brown? Oh, a million percent. I'm not worried about Bradley Roby. DJ Chark was a like banged up and also it's it's not about the matchups with AJ Brown. It's never about who he's going against. It's because he gets his work in the play action game. So when when they're ahead, when they have a lead and Derek like bearing down on those play action plays where AJ Brown comes across the middle of the field, he just torches teams. And we saw last week when I had John New Smith as my start of the week, it was because I had a feeling they were going to get the run game going. And then John New Smith across the middle of the field against Buffalo, who's very vulnerable across the middle of the field. And yeah. John is, he had a great game. And I'm not worried about the Texans linebacking core or their safeties. I think Justin Reed's a good player, but I think AJ Brown, John Smith, should both definitely be in lineups this week, without a doubt. Um, so moving on to the Texan side. Of, oh, Johnny Smith. Yeah, you said that. Uh, moving on to the Texan side of the ball. Deshaun Watson finally had his first game of the season. I think if you're if you drafted him, you're probably just going to start him again. You're yeah. just going to roll with the punches there. Um, David Johnson now through the past two weeks only has two catches in the past or four catches in the past two games. And a lot of his fantasy upside was predicated on that that receiving game upside. But is David Johnson a lock for your lineups this week? I mean, I don't think most teams that have him have better running back options this week. And if you do, I don't think you have three better options. So I think he's at least a flex um, in your lineups. Most teams probably have him as RB2. And I think he should be a – like a, a low end RB two this week. I think that's that's about like it's definitely playable for sure. Yeah, and then Will Fuller just keeps getting targets, just keeps getting touchdowns, so he's a must start. Let's yeah. talk about Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks had a goose in week four and then had thirty points last week. Is Brandon Cooks a start this week? I'm not I'm not trusting yet. I mean that was a is a game against Jacksonville's lifeless defense. Um they were like bracketing Will Fuller all game. Cooks was getting single coverage. I don't think that Tennessee needs to do that. Tennessee is a pass rush. Um, they have a good linebacking group. I I still need to see more from Cooks before I ever trust him in a lineup for sure. All right. Um, moving on. Bengals at Colts. Colts are eight point favorites. It's a forty six and a half point over under. Not spotting the Bengals a lot of points. Um, on the Colts side of the ball. Is this the game where we get more than 20 fantasy points for Jonathan Taylor? Because he's the only option I'm playing. Yeah, I I would assume so. The Spangles run defense, they're not awful. That They have Geno Atkins. They have some some big boys. They got DJ Reader. He's out for the season, DJ Reader. Oh, is he? Got carted off the field last week. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, that, that, would, that would aid in uh, Taylor's efforts. But, um, yeah, I just – I don't see the Bengals stopping Taylor – should be a positive game script as well. 
Um, Colts defense is fantastic. They're going to give give them a lead. So if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner who's been somewhat disappointed in the last few weeks, this should be a big-time week for him. The only thing that's going to hold back Jonathan Taylor is Frank Reich's willingness to play Jordan Wilkins. Um, but outside of Jonathan Taylor, there is no piece I want on this Colts offense. We've talked about I'm not playing the roulette game. It's not even a roulette game because if you're playing roulette, you usually win. You can't even win with this Colts receiving core. Um, on the Bengals side, I know there's not a lot of points spotted, but last week they didn't have a lot of points spotted, and T. Higgins was still viable. I think yeah. T. Higgins is going to be viable again. He has, uh, I think it's 17 targets in the last two weeks, and if he's just going to get that target share, he's, he's a very talented young player. Burrow's taking a liking to him. I think that you're going to start T. Higgins. You're probably also going to start Tyler Boyd. Um, just with the with the options at wide receiver, I think that Boyd was top 15 receiver through the first four weeks. Didn't perform well last week, but just based off what you've seen through him for the past four for the first four weeks, you're going to play Boyd. And Mixon had a decent game. He got like 30 touches, turned into only 15 fantasy points. But you're going to play Mixon. So I think Mixon, Boyd, and Higgins is where you're playing on the Bengals side. Is there anything else you want to talk about in this game? Yeah, I mean you're right, but definitely low expectations for especially Mixon. Yeah, this Colts to run defense is legit, and it's going to be a pretty tough game script for him. I will say, if this Colts defense has vulnerabilities, it's on the outside at corner position. So if Burrow can have any time to throw, which I'm not sure he will, uh, Higgins, not not necessarily Boyd, because Boyd's going to get Kenny Moore, but Higgins will have some pretty favorable matchups on the outside. So I like Higgins this week. I and he has played Mixon, but definitely low expectations. So just asking for myself, would you play Higgins or Ronald Jones in the flex? Probably Ronald Jones, assuming that like Fournette's still out and then he's still the guy. Um, moving on, Falcons at Vikings. Vikings are four-point favorites. This is a big over under, 54.5. Um, starting on the Vikings side, I had Kirk Cousins since I started the week last week. It started off awful. He was able to kind of get it back together and not give you a bad week. He ended with like 17 fantasy points. Um, but this is not Kirk Cousins in prime time. So I think Kirk Cousins will have a game a good game, but Ryan Tannehill was too easy of a start of the week. So I had to go with that one. Justin Jefferson, a poor, poor performance, even though there was a lot of points scored in the Seattle game, but I do think Justin Jefferson is a decent starting option this week. And Adam Thielen has been the number two wide receiver in fantasy and he's a must start. He's just going to keep going off. All the passes are going his way. Dalvin cook mispracticed again today. So if Alexander Madison is the full, is this, if Dalvin cook misses, you're probably starting Alexander Madison. He oh, was the uh, handcuff uh, that you had. There was some Mike Boone love last year when Cook was out, but I think that you have to start Alexander Madison. He looks to be the preferred backup or another starter now that Cook's yeah, out. Yeah, Madison becomes a top 15 play. Yeah. If Cook misses. Sure. I just have a question. Last question on the Viking side. This Falcons defense against tight ends has been awful. Is Kyle Rudolph or Irv Smith in play here? No. Okay. Uh, yeah, we just don't know where it's going to go between them. Yeah. Okay, how about the Falcons side, Will? I know Matt Ryan is burning everyone. But if there's ever a week for him to turn it around, this is the week. Um, the Vikings, they have some good linebackers. They have some good pieces up front. And they have Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris in the back end. But at corner, they're young and inexperienced, and they're, they're just not good. And especially if Julio Jones plays, 
Matt Ryan, if the Falcons are going to be competitive at all, it's going to be a very heavy passing game script in this game. I think he's a lock for at least 300 yards. Um, he should get at least one or two touchdowns. And the question is, can he avoid the turnovers? If Matt Ryan can avoid the turnovers, I think he's a top five quarterback play this week. And he's my start of the week. Yeah, I am really nervous to start Matt Ryan. I have him in a league and I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. But your vote of confidence definitely helps me out. Um, what about Julio Jones? What's the status on Julio Jones? <clears throat> I think he is expected to play is what I recently saw. I think, I think he practiced today. Um, if he's on the field, you're, you're starting him because he's shown throughout his entire career that even when he's banged up, when, if he's on the field, he's going to be great. So, so just a note though, I don't think Matt Ryan is a great start if Julio Jones misses. We've seen in the past I agree. I agree. that if Julio Jones isn't on the field, it is much tougher for Matt Ryan. And the status is now that he is projected to play based on him being projected points in fantasy. However, he did not practice Wednesday. The report has not come out for if he's practiced in a form today. I do expect him to play, even if it's in a decoy-type way, which will help Matt Ryan out. Um, but Calvin Ridley's a must-start, number three receiver in fantasy yeah. right now. I'm laying off Russell Gage. I don't know what's going on with that. No. Olamide Zacchaeus has been getting snaps too. <clears throat> and then I think Hayden Hurst is a viable option in this game. Didn't have a great game last week, but he's going to be on the field. He's going to get targets. And if you're missing a tight end, your tight end's on bye. He's not the worst option. And you're, you're playing Todd Gurley. Yeah. Too. Todd Gurley as well. Wow. Todd Gurley has been much better than I expected. I just don't know where this has come from. Uh, there's always the injury scare, knock on wood. I don't would never want a player to get hurt. But I think Brian Hill should be rostered in most leagues because if Todd Gurley were to go down, I mean, Hill's been getting touches, and he, he looks like he's a talented player as well. Um, Broncos at Patriots. This is both teams coming off the bye week because of COVID. Patriots are 10-point favorites and a 45-point over-under. This does not spot the Broncos many points at all. Um, yeah. Patriots defense should take hold of this, take the reins of this game early and leave it up to the running game. What do you think about the Patriots side? Yeah, I mean, I, I expect this game to not be very close. Even if Drew Locke plays, I don't see the Broncos offense getting pretty much anything going. And I wouldn't play, I mean, I don't think Melvin Gordon's going to play. I wouldn't play any of their backup running backs. And I wouldn't play even Jerry Judy or, or Drew Locke or anyone like that. On the Patriots side, though, Damian Harris. Is I think he's breaking out. This seems like the, the the trajectory of the last few weeks. It feels like a breakout. And last week, 17 for 100, didn't find the end zone, and the lack of red zone touches was somewhat disappointing. But in a game they're expected to win by a lot, in a very run heavy game script, he seems like the guy. And I think he's a lock for at least like 70, 80 yards. And I think there's a pretty good chance he gets at least one touchdown. So. so just just, just for the future of Damian Harris, mm -hmm. because of the bye week last week, Sonny Michelle would be eligible to return after this week. So is this like going to be the only time where we're going to feel comfortable playing Damian Harris, at least for the foreseeable future? I think when Michelle plays, you wouldn't play him. You'd, you'd like see what they do. Right. But I think there's a very real chance that even when Sonny Michelle is cleared to come back, it's still Harris's job. Mm -hmm. He looks absolutely phenomenal in the field. I agree. And I think that I, I'm not expecting a, a monster like 20 point game necessarily from Harris, but for most people, he's sitting on their bench right now. And I think he's someone you can definitely slot into the flex 
and feel pretty good about it. So that's what makes it start of the week for me. All right. Well, yeah, just that vote of confidence for sure. And Cam's going to be back from COVID, so you're going to play right. Cam. Um, anyone from this wide receiver core, you've seen Nikhil Harry get a lot of targets, and he scored a touchdown in week four. Is there anyone you want to you feel confident playing? Edelman, Harry, Demir Bird? No, it's it's just a, a, a roulette wheel week in, week out with this receiving core. Sometimes Demir Bird is one of Cam's primary options. Sometimes it's Edelman. Sometimes it's Harry. And you, with this Patriots team, you never know who's going to get red zone touches, whether it's receiver or running back. You should never know. So I don't, I don't really trust any of the receivers. Moving on, Washington at the New York Giants. This is just a dumpster fire of a game. However, the winner could be in first place. <laughs> um, actually, the Giants can't. But if, the, if Washington wins and Dallas loses, Washington is in first place. Um, 42.5 over under. Two and a half point for the Giants. This is the only game they're going to be favored in all year. Um, I think with Washington wins this one, this one too. Just starting on the Washington side, just because this is my start of the week, and this is the Antonio Gibson breakout game. As long as Ron Rivera doesn't pull some dumb shit and makes Alex Smith the quarterback again, Kyle Allen just looks like the best quarterback of the three guys that we've seen this year. Even though it's for a very small sample size, I don't know why he wasn't put back in the game. Maybe they didn't want to get him to get hit by that Rams defense. Um, but with Kyle Allen at quarterback, a guy who likes to targets, target the running backs, I think Antonio Gibson will have a great game. He's got five targets the past two weeks. I expect him to get even more this week, even though McKissick is also going to get targets. But we've talked about this effect with like teams that are going to be in competitive games, even though it's going to be low scoring, it's going to be competitive. Quarterbacks like Kyle Allen, like Phillip Rivers, they will throw the ball to check down running backs on first and second down. And that's the case with Antonio Gibson. Even if McKissick will be on the field on third down situations, Gibson's also going to get the red zone carries. Outside of Gibson, I don't think there's a player you can play on Washington just because – or I think you're going to play Terry McLaurin, but please temper, ex- temper expectations because James Bradbury has been locking people up. Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, the list goes on. He's just been locking up star receivers, and I think you have to temper your expectations with Terry McLaurin. And then moving to the – what were you going to say, yeah? I agree somewhat, but, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of McLaurin, but I, don't, I think he's matchup proof. I think that it doesn't matter who he's going against. His combination of speed and agility and route running makes him almost like you, – you can't just stick someone on him and, and just, like, expect it to work. To, to truly shut down McLaurin, it has to be a team defense where you bracket him and, and do all these sorts of different creative coverages. And could, could the Giants do that? Maybe. But um, I, don't, I don't think just sticking Bradbury on him is enough to slow him down. Yeah, but, like, with the over-under, I think we do need to temper expectations with Terry McLaurin. With the passing volume, I think Washington will actually be ahead in this game rather than what we've seen so far. And Antonio Gibson will be getting the bulk of the touches. And then maybe on third downs, they'll look for McLaurin. They'll look for Logan Thomas. But I don't think that McLaurin's going to – I don't think there's the opportunity for McLaurin to have, like, a two-touchdown game or, like, a seven-catch game. Four catches, 65 yards, maybe a touchdown. That's the, I think that's the ceiling for McLaurin in this game. Um, Ravens at Eagles. The Eagles have been such a disappointment this season. Um, I'm just completely off Eagles players until after this game when they're scheduled. I, like, I'm fine rostering Carson Wentz. I had a trade offered for me where I would be getting Miles Sanders. I don't want a part of this Eagles offense. It just scares me. Um, their best – their Arguably, their best tight end is on the IR. That's that's where I'm at with this. I don't think Ertz. I think Ertz has lost a step. Um, is there anybody you want to play on the Eagles side outside of Miles Sanders? 
No, first of all, I love Miles Sanders. Second of all, I'm not playing anyone else. I, I do think the Eagles are going to be more competitive than people think they will be in this game. Um, what about Travis Fulgham? Because Travis Fulgham had 10 catches against Pittsburgh last week, who's a good defense. Pittsburgh's a good defense. And while I think that Joe Hayden and – I remember the other corner's name. I'm Steve Nelson. There's one other guy too, um, Mike Hilton. They're, they're good corners, but they're not Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. Like this secondary, this cornerback group is the strength of this Baltimore defense. And while I like Fulgham, he's not ready for that kind of game to have like a, a monster game. So I'm not starting him. And then do you want to go back and talk about the Giants for a second? I think you missed that. Um, I mean, yes, we can go back and talk about the Giants. I mean, there's just no one I really want to play. Um, Darius Slayton is actually questionable as of right now, but the Washington pass defense has been very good. Devonta Freeman is a guy that I would look at, though. I have my DFS bargain players um, article because he's just been getting touches, and this is this is going to be a running the ball type game. So I think Devonta Freeman is basically the only play here. I, how do you feel about Evan Ingram? I don't like Evan Ingram. I do think Devonta Freeman's a viable play. I think if Slayton is healthy, if he plays, um, the, the Washington secondary group isn't great. So on the plays where Daniel Jones does have time to throw, I think Slayton is going to be his top option. And last week he had a monster game for like 8 for 136. So I'll beat against the Cowboys. But I think that Slayton is in play. I don't know if I'd want to play him, but just thought we would bring that up. Yeah. All right. Thank you for doing that. Um, back to the Eagles. Uh, I mean, what we said, we said Sanders outside of that, there's no one we really want to play on the Ravens side of the ball. Like is Lamar Jackson going to turn it around or is this, are we just not going to get the same, like the rushing, the rushing ceiling isn't there for Lamar Jackson, but you're still starting him. But the thing is like, if you've started Gardner Minshew every week over Lamar Jackson, you're in a better, you're in a better place with your team right now. It's just well, reality. And, and just for all these fancy owners, this is why we don't draft quarterbacks in the first and second round in the third round, like even like that. This is why, because you just kind of never know. Things like this can happen. Um, I still believe in Lamar Jackson, though. And I also believe in his top receiver, Marquise Brown, who's my start of the week. And the reason is, is because this season, Marquise Brown is 42nd in fantasy points among receivers, but he's fourth in air yards. Wow. So he's getting thrown the ball a ton, but – for whatever reason, Lamar Jackson's inaccuracies, good coverage, whatever, he's just not converting into actual yards. But, like, that kind of discrepancy only lasts for so long. It's going to come together. And I think against this Eagles, very questionable secondary. Yeah. Um, and the Eagles have a good run defense, too, so they're going to make Baltimore throw the ball. This this feels like just an absolute monster game. We saw time. what the Eagles gave up to – Chase Claypool. Right. Oh, God. And Mark Andrews, too? Oh, no. Yeah. Mark Andrews but, is going to get, like, 75 fantasy points this week. So, so yeah, for all my hatred towards Mark, Mark Andrews, this is a good week for him. Yeah. And, uh, and obviously, I love Marquise Brown, too. This feels like a game where he gets, like, six catches for a buck 30 and maybe one or two touchdowns. So. Yeah. And but, then we're off the Ravens running game. There's no one – we're not going to play that. Um. Browns at Steelers. This is a 51-point over-under. That's actually more points than I thought would be slated for this game. Two pretty good defenses that we've seen. Um, I think the Browns could steal this game. 
they yeah. just they look like a good overall team outside of Baker Mayfield, which is kind of confusing. But they've been able to put up points in other ways. Um, let's start on the Brown side. Kareem Hunt is a must start with his, with the touches that he's going to get, even though the Steelers defense is good against the run. Uh, Odell Beckham actually missed practice with an illness today, but he I feel like he'll be able to fight through that and play in this game. Yeah. Jarvis Landry, I'm off. I'm not playing Jarvis Landry against the Steelers. However, Steve Nelson has – that's the, been the one weak spot of the Steelers' defense, the the slot corner. So if Jarvis Landry is able to find some success in the middle of the field, if you are – if you're pressed for options wide receiver spot, I guess Landry isn't the worst option. But I think, like, ceiling-wise, there's better options. Yeah, this game, I honestly don't know what to expect because uh... – both these teams are very well, well-rounded teams where they have pretty good offensive lines, pretty good defensive lines, and uh, some, definitely some talent in the back end. Really good offensive play callers too. Right. The reason I'm, I would lean towards Pittsburgh in this game is just because I think that their pass rush is going to get home more than Cleveland's will. I think Pittsburgh has a better offensive line and defensive line, and because of that, I think they're going to win. But I think there's there's quite a few viable options in this game. Uh, I think you're obviously I think you're starting Odell. Um, he's going to be involved. You're starting Kareem Hunt, even against a tough Steelers defense because he's involved in the passing game. Um, obviously, you're not starting Baker. I think you can start uh, Jarvis Landry. Uh, I, I don't love it, and even Austin Hooper. Yeah. he's been good. So a lot of guys in this Cleveland offense. Then for Pittsburgh, I'm not starting Ben, but I'm starting Claypool. And I'm starting James Conner, and I'm probably starting Juju too. So a lot of good guys in this offense. I can see why the overrun is pretty high. There's also a pretty good chance that this game is just a total dogfight. Yeah. Um, on the Steelers' side, Juju Smith-Schuster is he still a must-start? He's getting he's getting work in the this Browns. Season. This Browns secondary has been conceding some deep passes. So what do we think about? Do you? Are you yeah. Continue your point. Do I do I think he's a lock to be like a wide receiver too? No, but especially if Deontay Johnson's still out, it's a pretty consolidated target share between Claypool, Juju, and also Eric Ebron. Um, Ebron has looked very good, and he's questionable so far. And he's being held out of practice somewhat as a precaution, and he's going to play. Also and fumbled twice last week, so he would have had a much better game if that didn't happen. That's true, and also this Cleveland defense for all its strength is very, very bad against tight ends. So uh, Ebron should have a pretty favorable matchup in this game, and I do expect a pretty high-scoring game. I like a lot of the guys. Yeah, I think that Claypool will have another good game. Don't expect four touchdowns, but, like, you don't need that. he's going to get seven targets. I, yeah. I think Claypool's a good – I have him playing in, a, in one lineup because I have DK Metcalf on a bye. I, I think that he'll be – he has a very high ceiling every week. Um, yeah. Moving on, Bears at Panthers – the Panthers, I think the Panthers are going to win this this game. They look like a very strong team. I keep betting against the Bears, and it keeps hurting me, but the Panthers just look like they can move the ball, and their defense is much better than we expected it to be, or at least I expected it to be. I think you were a bit higher on their defense than I was. But let's start on the Panthers' side of the ball. I don't think Teddy's in play just because the Bears' defense has been pretty good. Mike Davis, just keep rolling with him. He's just the, He just has every fucking target share that the Panthers – like. He he is the yeah, offense, yeah. and Robbie Anderson. I think you got to keep him in your lineup, right? Even, honestly, DJ Moore too. I don't care. Like he was good last week. He, scored, he finally scored a touchdown. How about that? Um, That's true. That that was a broken play, but I'll give it to you. 
<laughs> it happened. It finally happened. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that this game, it's really going to come down to this. Can this Bears pass rush get home against Bridgewater? Because Bridgewater, for all his strengths, when he's under pressure, he can have some pretty disastrous games. Yeah. And this Bears front is legit. The Panthers offensive line is actually pretty solid, but it's not like an elite offensive line. So if the Bears can get home, this could be a, a very disgusting game to watch where it could be like a 14 to 10 kind of game. Like, so while I like a lot of the guys individually, I'm, I'm not sure the, the, the touchdown upside is there for a lot of these guys. I don't think the Panthers are going to get more than three touchdowns as a team. I would probably lean more towards two. And for the Bears side, I think you're starting Robinson and you're starting Montgomery. Definitely just understand that there's probably going to be not that many scores to go around. Yeah. Yes, which is kind of weird because the Panthers are usually an uptick offense that scores a lot of points. Um, Lions at Jaguars. The Jaguars – or Lions are three-point favorites. 54.5 point over-under. There's a lot of points to be scored here. Um, Multiple start of the weeks in this game. Let's start on the Lions' side of the ball. Um, you know what? You take that away because you have a start of the week on the Lions' side of the ball. Okay. So, first of all, Matthew Stafford, I think he's going to have a good game. But I think the Lions are going to be ahead throughout this game. This feels like a game that they're going to dominate. Um, they're, they're constantly being underrated. They've had some very bad breaks this year. As uh, usual. As usual, especially against the Bears in week one. That was that was really sad. But um, I think they're the better team. Jacksonville's kind of falling apart right now. I think Doug Marone's going to be out in a couple weeks as the coach. And in a game that I expect them to lead, I expect them to lean a lot on the running backs and on TJ Hawkinson as well. And Jacksonville is really bad across the middle of the field. They're awful against tight ends. Hawkinson, last week, he was my start of the week, I think, and he had – uh, maybe it was my start of the week. Two weeks ago, maybe. I don't know. But last week, he had two catches for nine yards. But he also had a touchdown and a two-point conversion. So <laughs> that, that salvaged his week a little bit. But definitely, it was disappointing outside of that. But this is a great matchup for him. Uh, I expect the Lions to be great. And if we get any news about DeAndre Swift and Adrian Peterson, who's going to get the work, I think one of those guys probably could be viable as well. Yeah, Um Moving on to the Jaguars side of the ball. I think Minshew's in play here. He's been good the whole, except for the Miami game. Um, I know that we have some discrepancy on that. If you want to argue that, we can get into that. But Minshew's just been slinging touchdowns. And the, the one thing I will say is DJ Chark is questionable. If DJ Chark misses this game, I would not play Minshew. Because the one time DJ Chark missed a game this year, Minshew couldn't get anything done. Even though Chark was basically not an option last week, it's kind of like the Julio Jones effect in Atlanta him on the field just opens the whole thing up for the offense. So if Chark's not on the field, it's going to make everything worse for this offense for sure. Um, basically, like the number one coverage guy runs the, – the number one coverage guy. So Jeff Akuto is going to be guarding DJ Chark um, or, or Justin Coleman. Um, so I have LaVisca Chenault as my start of the week. If DJ Chark plays – I think it's even better for Chenault because it opens up the middle of the field for him. But even if Chark's out, I think Chenault will be getting a lot of touches. They like to give him the ball in the running game. He's going to have seven, eight targets in the passing game, and he's a very talented player. Five for 86 last week. If he gets a touchdown on that game, it's a huge game. 
I really like LaVisca Chenault this week. Um, James Robinson, I know he fumbled last week, but if he doesn't fumble, he has a pretty good game. You just got to stick with James Robinson. As long as DJ Chark plays, I think the Jaguars will be fine. Yeah, I agree. And then back, back to Lions really quickly. I didn't mention Kenny Galladay, but you're playing Kenny Galladay. And yeah. I don't think you're not playing like Marvin Jones right now. Right before we got into this matchup, I had my start of the week between Chenault or Galladay, and I chose Chenault. Galladay's a great play in this game, for sure. Yeah. Let's move on to the dumpster fire of this game. Jets at Dolphins. Adam Gase revenge game. <laughs> Will, is, is Jamison Crowder the only player that has improved under Adam Gase? Yeah. Okay. Just I just wanted to put that out there. Le'Veon Bell will be better post Adam Gase. I just hope we all know that. Um, let's start on the Jets side of the ball just to get out of the way. Okay. Let's move to the Dolphins side of the ball. Um, on the Dol- No, I'm just kidding. Jamison Crowder is a good play this week. He's actually the number two receiver in like points per game. He missed two weeks in the middle of or the like week two and week three. But other than that, he's been over 20 points every week. Has seven catches over 100 yards every week. Jamison Crowder is the offense. Like, that's yeah. all it is. So just play Jamison Crowder, and that's it. Um, on the Dolphins side, Mike Kosicki's my start of the week. Mike Kosicki has the most red zone targets of any player in the NFL right now. And if you need a, t- if you need a tight end to score a touchdown, it's Mike Kosicki. I think that the, the, the Dolphins' 9.5 favorites, 47-point over-under – that's where, that's where the points are going. They're going to the Dolphins. And I think that one of these touchdowns will be caught by Gesicki or Preston Williams. And I think they will both be decent plays. Um, I have Preston Williams in a few DraftKings lineups. Devontae Parker is also a decent play in this game. And then Miles Gaskin. I know Will has been raving about this Jets run defense. But Miles Gaskin, he's going to get a lot of targets too. As long as Le'Veon Bell doesn't go to the Dolphins this week, and even if he does, he wouldn't be involved in the game plan because it's already Thursday. I think Miles Gaskin is a good start. Yeah, I think the, the floor is definitely going to be there for Gaskin because as good as the Jets defense is, they're going to be down a lot, the Jets are. And so Gaskin, the Dolphins, is going to get a lot of carries. And I expect him, even if he averages like four yards a carry, to get at least like 80 yards. He'll probably get a touchdown too. So, but honestly, don't be surprised if the Dolphins defense outscores any player for the Jets. Like everyone <laughs> from the Jets. Like this game has potential to get really ugly. Um, this Dolphins defense is really underrated. They're good. They destroyed San Francisco last week. The Jets aren't even in San Francisco's league. So uh, nine and a half might not even be enough. Um, the only way it stays that close is if Joe Flacco just somehow avoids all turnovers while still managing to be productive, which I don't see happening. So this is a gross game, but I think a lot of the guys for the Dolphins are viable this week. Packers at Buccaneers. This is going to be a good game. This might be – this is probably the second best game of the week. Um, Packers are one-point favorites, 54.5 over-under. The Buccaneers are getting healthy. Evans should be in play. Godwin should be in play. Fournette should be back. Are you playing Ronald Jones with Fournette back in the lineup? Fournette's back. I would rather not just because – I mean, Jones looks talented. He destroyed the Chicago Bears' run defense, which is a good defense last week. Right, but it's also Bruce Arians, and Bruce Arians doesn't really care about your uh, what you see. So that's that's true. Is Bruce Arians the the better version of Adam Gase at this point? Is he even better? He's a better team. <laughs> He's better though. Anyway, no way is Adam Gase worse than. Uh, I mean, no way is Bruce Arians worse than Adam Gase. No, Bruce Arians is definitely better, but he's a very fickle man. So. <laughs> um, I think especially if Fournette's out, Jones is a good option. But if Fournette plays. 
I expect Fournette to at least get some involvement, which would cap Jones's upside. But yeah, you're playing Mike Evans without a doubt. Um, Godwin's still not back. No, Godwin's gonna play. Oh, Godwin's playing. Yeah. Okay, so I you, you play Godwin then too, and no one else for the they're off. Like cause yeah, like OJ Howard's out for the season now with the torn Achilles. Um, and I'm not trusting Gronk or any of the other receivers. On the Packers' side, Aaron Jones is a must-start every week. Um, Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is a decent play. He was really good before the bye. I think you just got to stay in the flames with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, And then Devontae Adams back again. This is going to be a really good game. Two teams that are getting healthy now. Um, Outside of that, are we playing MVS? I don't don't really think so. Uh, Robert Tanyan? You know I love Robert Tanyan, and I actually started him in a couple weeks this year and had pretty good success. But this uh, this Buccaneers linebacking core is legit with Devin White, Levante David. They have some good safeties too, and they've been the number one defense against tight ends this year so far. So I think you can probably find better options, but if he's your only guy for whatever reason, he's okay to play. He's an okay chance of getting a touchdown. Rodgers loves him in the red zone apparently. So – Tanya is not the worst option, but he's going against the defense that shuts down tight ends. So yeah, be careful. Tread lightly. Yeah. Um, Rams at Niners. This is a 51.5 over under. Rams are 3.5 favorites. Do you think the Niners get back on track in this game? I have no idea. Um, last week was definitely very concerning. And I think that until we see something different, George Kittle is the only guy I'm playing in that game from the Niners side. Um, we'll see what the running back split looks like. But, I mean, if if Mostert's the guy, or if he's, like, fully healthy, then I think you can play him. But I don't feel great about it. Mm-hmm. And then for the Rams, you're playing – like, you're playing Goff, you're playing Cup, you're playing Woods, and you're probably playing Daryl Henderson. <laughs> he's been good, but the question is, is – I think you have fit? to play Daryl Henderson after last week. But if Cam Akers – he's returning from an injury – this could be a game where Cam Akers supplants himself as a starter. Even if Cam Akers has a great game, Sean McVay is a very fickle man as well this year. Right. And he might just go to Malcolm Brown in week seven after Cam Akers has 172 yards and three touchdowns. That's just how it is. Um, but I think you do start Daryl Henderson in this game. I wouldn't start Higby, but Woods and Cup for sure. Um, Chiefs at Bills. This is, this is the best game maybe of the season so far. Actually, well, the Chiefs-Ravens was supposed to be, but it just didn't turn out like, like we wanted it to. Highest over-under on the season, 57.5 points. The Bills' defense is just not looked what we thought it would look like, and they're going to have to throw the ball. It was a bad week for Josh Allen last week. I think he bounces back, kind of just a fluky game on a Tuesday night. But Josh Allen is in your lineup for sure. Stephon Diggs had 10 catches last week. He is... Will and I, well, we are completely, we were completely wrong about Stephon Diggs. And we apologize for that. Just keep starting Stephon Diggs for sure. Um, Devin Singletary, awful week last week, even with no Zach Moss. Is he in your lineup this week? This Chiefs defense is vulnerable against the run. If Moss doesn't play, I think Singletary is at least the flex, maybe even a low-end RB2. I think you can play him. He just, he's not as involved in the passing game as most people hoped he would be, and that's what I warned against. But I think the rushing volume is going to be enough to, to make him a solid play. Yeah, and then if John Brown doesn't return, I actually think Cole Beasley's a fine play. He gets a lot of targets. He had seven catches last week. But if John Brown's back, 
I don't know if you're going to play either of them. It's kind of like if you need a dart yeah. throw option, if you need someone to score a touchdown. Um, on the Chiefs side, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been disappointing. But you're just going to keep him in the lineup, right? Like, this it's, is a it's, lot it's, of – It's a vulnerable oh, Bills run defense. You have to play edwards Very high over-under. Edwards-Hilaire has the, a good chance of scoring a touchdown. You're definitely playing him. It's just – it's not what you want to see. I also think we should talk about Nicole Hardman. Okay. Sammy Watkins is out. Is, Nicole Hardman actually had like 68% snap percentage last week after Sammy Watkins went out. I think that Nicole Hardman, he could become the number two receiver. We talked about this in the offseason. Sammy Watkins is, is, is injury prone. I don't think this is a one or two week thing with Sammy Watkins. This might be a long-term injury, this hamstring injury. So Nicole Hardman, I think he's viable in this game. They want to get him the ball. He's going to be on the field finally. And like, what do you think about McCall Hardman? So here's what makes this game so fascinating for me. This is like uh, an unstoppable force meets an immovable object kind of thing. Because this Chiefs offense slings it down the field. They rely on these big chunk plays, right? And this Bills defense does not give up big chunk plays. And in this game, something's going to have to give. And for me, as, as a fan, I have no idea what, what it's going to be. Um, so. It could be a game where Tyreek Hill busts something loose and has a massive game, or he gets completely shut down. So the same thing goes for Hardman as well. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I think Hill's definitely just a safer guy than Hardman. There's a chance with Hardman being in the wide receiver two role that he, that he has a breakout game. But in terms of the matchup, this is not the place where I necessarily expect it. But if he, if he goes off in this game, Wait till he see what he does in a, a different matchup. I think we also need to monitor Tredavious White, who missed last week. If Tredavious White is out, I think that the one piece that we'll give is the, the Bills' defense for sure. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then, honestly, Demarcus Robinson's not the worst play either. He was on the field a lot too, and this is going to be a high-scoring game. I, I, I just think that, like, it's going to be tough to start Robinson, but I think one of Robinson or Hardman will find the end zone. Um Moving along to the last game of the week, Cardinals at Cowboys. Andy Dalton getting his first start with the Cowboys. Um, 55 point over under. A lot of points to be scored here. Let's start on the Cowboys side of the ball with Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton's in play. Like, I have him in my bargain plays lineup. I think you can play him against a Cardinals defense that's going to be down Chandler Jones. So, this is gonna, there's a lot of points that are going to be scored. And yeah, the Baker's playing. Um, I can look at that right now, but um, just continue talking about the Cowboys side while I look if Buda Baker is playing. Yeah, I mean, the passing volume is still going to be high in Dallas. Obviously, the upside, not quite the same with Dalton instead of Dak. Um, but you're playing Cooper. You're playing CeeDee Lamb. You can play Gallup, but just be wary. Dalton did seem to look for him a lot towards the end of the game, which is a, a promising sign. And obviously, you're playing Zeke as well. And then you're not playing you're not playing Dalton Schultz. He just seems out of play right now. Really? I see I'm okay with playing Dalton Schultz because this this Arizona defense, it's not like it was last year, but it has been conceding a lot to the to the tight end position. And I think that Dalton Schultz isn't the worst option. Like there's a lot of points to be scored. I think you're probably wanting to wait a week to see where Andy Dalton's target share goes, but in the but just don't drop Dalton Schultz. I wouldn't drop any cowboy options. Yet, we just want to see where he goes with Andy Dalton. 
It could go to Gallup. That's where it could go. Gallup's still a talented player. The target share could go there if Dalton finds some safety with Gallup. But yeah, CeeDee Lamb's in the lineup. Amari Cooper on the Cardinals side. Chase Edmonds is above Kenyon Drake for me now. That's just where I'm at. Like, I want the guy who's going to get the the pass catch. The, the pass is from Kyler Murray. That's what I want. I don't want 18 carries for 60 yards anymore. I'm, I'm done with it. And just hope that he falls into the end zone. Chase Edmonds, it's kind of like a Jarvis Landry situation with Kenyon Drake. I want the ceiling with Chase Edmonds, you know? Um, and then DeAndre Hopkins, number one wide receiver on the season. So you're starting him. Kyler Murray's a great start. But outside of Chase Edmonds, there's nobody else I want to start on this team. I, you're probably starting Kenyon Drake. Just just temper your expectations. Just because he fell into the end zone doesn't mean he's going to have a good week this week. Well, and that's the thing. Because obviously, Kyler Hopkins, Kyler Hopkins and Edmonds, I think, are solid options. The thing about Drake is that when he's not getting like a goal line touch, he's just not finding the end zone. Like he's not he's not breaking a long run of the end zone. He's not getting his like angle route catch for like ten yards in the end zone. His only chance is like getting a goal line touch. And if that's your only chance of scoring on a team that can also have goal line runs with Kyler Murray, which we've seen, there's a very low touchdown expectancy for Kenyon Drake. And then if you factor in the lack of passing workload, it just seems really hard to play him, even in a great matchup like this. So I think unless you think Kenyon Drake is going to break a couple long runs against this vulnerable Cowboys defense, I'm kind of scared. But Yeah. And then I think we do need to look at Christian Kirk as an option in this game. Five catches for 78 yards last week. One of him or Andy Isabella will find the end zone, in my opinion, with this over-under and the amount of throwing that will go on in this game. So I think that Kirk is definitely an option. He had a lot of targets. He had a lot of playing time last week. Um, anything else you want to touch on before we end the show? I think it's probably about it, but I, right. think, I think Kyler's a great play. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, he was going to be my start of the week before I was like, that's just like what we'll do with too Adam Thielen. That's too easy. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you again next week. I hope you win your week six matchups. Bye.